Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour Voice Remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox Voice Remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour Voice Remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox Voice Remote and watch them while you're in the house. And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. This is one of those times where I wish... Well, I wish I had this all the time, but especially right now, I wish I had music licensing to where I could play a popular song that everyone knows. And But, you know, because with everything that's kind of came out in the past day or so with the FBI report being released to the to the senators and and right now it seems like we're one step closer to Judge Brett Kavanaugh being the next Supreme Court justice. I would have played something like Van Halen's Panama, but instead of saying Panama, I would say Kavanaugh or something like that. You know? Yeah. I, I know that's, that's weird, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just something I've, that's what I would have done, but there you go. That's, that's, that's a substitute into what would have been. And, um, we also have, U.S. House candidate Ron Wright with us. He is running for the 6th District out in Texas. All this on this episode of Trend Chat. of America. Here's the podcast where we talk politics, a little entertainment, some culture, and this and that from the road to your ears. This is Trend Chat with your host, Brian Bledsoe. And welcome. Welcome to another episode of Trend Chat. I'm your host, Brian Bledsoe. And if you want to connect with us, we're on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or Snapchat. It's all the same name, at Trend Chat 24-7. And you know what? I mean, can you believe what just happened in the past day or so? 
I'm because so we have because because of Jeff Flake, he wanted this FBI investigation to go on for this week to you know look into the allegations into um behind that was alleged for Judge Brett Kavanaugh, right? And wouldn't you know it, another FBI investigation, which is the seventh, right? And they did another investigation, and you would not believe what they what they found. I, I, it, it is shocking. They found absolutely nothing. Yeah, I I can't believe it. Yet a, a seventh FBI investigation, and they found and nothing again. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe they have to do it. Maybe an eighth. Maybe an eighth will do it. Maybe they'll find something then. A ninth. A tenth. Well, I mean, hey, let the Democrats tell it. We'll be going to a hundred with this. So, but yeah. The senators got the report and found there was uh, nothing there. So, yeah, thanks for wasting our time for another week. And thanks to Jeff Flake for wasting the FBI's time again. So, like I said, but, but, but we are, like I said, one step closer. We're not there yet <laughs> because now we have the vote, which is scheduled for Saturday. Anything can happen between <laughs> me recording this right now and Saturday. So, yeah, who knows? I, I, they're, I mean, the Democrats might have some something <laughs> tomorrow or tonight that, that I, you know, try to. I'm pretty sure they're scheming it up right now, whatever it is. But yeah, so and not only that, if nothing else comes out, then we have to vote. And that's not a guarantee, especially with Susan Collins, Lisa Mikowski, Jeff Flake, um, those Republicans, those those in particular. Who knows? I mean, they might say that um, because of the investigation, they feel confident to vote yes now who knows but like i said like in the last episode they're the flakes of the senate and so and like i said they're led by jeff flake <laughs> so i don't know who knows we by saturday he could be confirmed he could not be and next week we'll be talking about that but i you know i'm not gonna be talking that much about next week because i have more pressing issues to talk about next week which i'll talk about later in the episode but uh <laughs> It's just it's just crazy that we're still waiting at this point and um, on everything that was going on with the, like I said, the FBI report now. And look, this is not over for one. I mean, you've had the Democrats talking about throwing ice, you know, for that, you know, it, the, the fact that they're talking about ice, I mean, at first they were talking about abolishing ice, but now they're talking about throwing ice. So, I mean, but I mean, anything they can think of to try to slow this down, to try to delay this one more day and one more day, they can, they can delay it. Maybe they can get it past the midterms. And like, I, you know, like I said, they, they're hoping to win control of both houses. Now, another reason why I will say this is, this is never going to be over, at least in the time soon for the Democrats, because it's it's a very good chance that the Democrats could win the House. Um, not so much the Senate, but it's a good chance they could could win the House. And if they win the House, then, you know, 
uh, President Trump is mentioning and, you know, others as well. I'm pretty sure that one of the first things they're going to do is write up articles of impeachment and basically just slow down Congress to a halt um, for the most part by basically being obstructionist. <laughs> They'll be the obstructionist and but they won't be called that by the media. They will not be called obstructionists if um if Democrats take over the house and just basically do everything to try to stall uh in a, any conservative policy of Republican, you know, the Republican agenda what what not. The media won't call them obstructionists. No, no. There'll be the 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 resistance. There'll be um uh heroes of democracy or, or whatever high high-minded terms they would use to make them look like heroes. So but but none of this could happen, you know, if you're listening right now. I mean, none of this could happen if conservatives, Republicans get out and vote. They can, you know, actually keep control of both houses. And I'll also say if they keep control of both houses, maybe they actually do something more than what they've been doing the past two years. <laughs> um, that's that's a thought. And, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> They, they they could have done more, but they just haven't, especially with the with uh, with the control that they had. Um, they still have it. But like I said, I, I feel like they that it's more of a, that's why I say a 60, 40 chance that Democrats will take over. Don't want that to happen, but it, you know, um, that's that's where we may be. And like I said, then it will never be over because then we'll have all these other They'll be passing all sorts of bills and everything, and they'll and no thing about it, they'll be um like totally unified in their votes. They're like they'll all vote the same way. Meanwhile, when you know the past two years when Republicans had the control, you couldn't really get anything like that done, mainly because of the establishment so much not wanting anything to do with conservatives and try to always push them out for some reason, but um. But hopefully, with our guests that we'll that we'll have later on, Ron Wright, maybe we'll have some more principal conservatives up in up in Washington to get you know some better policies um, in the in the House. Given that we you know given that uh, Republicans still control the House as well. So now an, another thing that um, that was a story last well, yesterday. Was so last week during the hearings, um, some of the members of the Senate, I think it was just the Senate, that had their private information released on the internet for a short period of time, but it was enough. It's enough for somebody to get it, right? Because you know, there, there are plenty of people out there just waiting to find little information to um to get anything on in in their minds. they you know their enemies and and somebody decided to police this information and so someone was arrested and and linked to that and the person was a uh, was an intern for a texas representative well uh, for representative uh, sheila jackson lee um representative down in in the houston area which is not surprising 
I've been surprised if it would have been a Republican staffer. <laughs> like, really? But, but, but yeah, not, no, not surprised that you had had this happen. Now, it's somewhat surprising that they would release this information. I mean, but that's how desperate they are. And that's how that's how frightened and threatened they feel by this administration. And I keep bringing this up in other episodes as well. Like, I just just will say this again. If if the left feels so frightened and, and threatened, like they say they are uh, by this administration, it shouldn't surprise anyone for them to do anything in any by any means necessary to hashtag resist this administration so something like this it's not it wasn't that surprising to me because like i'm saying you know episode by episode i keep saying i I feel like they're going to do anything they can because they feel like the, the the world is is at stake by by doing anything to to thwart the I guess the Trump agenda in there and you know whatever so so that really that is about it and I I don't want to get too much more into it I got some other things I want to talk about actually I want to talk about a couple of movies actually that are one that is coming out this week and also uh one that's coming up um I guess in a couple of months I, I don't know. I didn't really look into it, but I, I want to talk about these two. So uh, before we get to that, let's hear a word from my friends with the Founder Project. Hello, Trend Chat listeners. If you like the Founding Project's civics education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our educational meme series, we think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. Hey, what's up? This is Kaya Jones, and you're listening to me here at Trend Chat. So, like I mentioned, we're, I wanted to mention about this particular movie that I saw a trailer for today, actually. Um, I, I've heard about it, but I actually finally saw the trailer for it and the movie is called vice and i didn't even know what it was about i remember that they i heard about a movie being made about vice president you know dick cheney i I remember hearing about it but i still i guess when i saw it i still i just saw the word vice and i was like i mean are they talking about addictions or vice and you know the actual word the definition of vice but um but yeah so i saw it and and um it one thing that I noticed well let me say I did notice until I saw the um I saw it at the end is that one I forgot that Christian Bell is playing Dick Cheney. And so the the first scene in this trailer is um Sam Rockwell who was playing George Bush and um uh, Christian Bell playing Dick Cheney, and they're uh, talking about uh, well, George Bush is trying, uh, basically trying to convince Dick Cheney to become his vice president. And so, so while he's talking, I'm looking at him like, who is that? And but I'm in my mind I'm like, he looks familiar. But then again, 
but he's like so much bigger. But um, and like I said, then you know the trailer went through, and then at the end it shows that Christian Bale as Dick Cheney. I, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Then I'm like I had to rewind it back. <laughs> I'm like, hold up, that's that's Christian Bale, and they're like, wow, yeah, oh yeah, that is him. And then like noticing that <laughs> look like he's gained all this weight, and I don't know if you know if you if you don't know Christian Bale is like one of these actors where he's he really gets into a film he goes i guess i don't know what you call it like a method actor where he goes to extreme lengths to really uh become the character in a way um and he did a movie called the machinist a while back where he lost all this weight like a unhealthy amount of weight to play this um play this role and and this it's the exact opposite. So he, he he's got a gut and all that, and and I'm thinking to myself like, did he gain all that weight? Because that's an unhealthy amount of weight the other way. Um, and I, I'm also thinking like, why? I mean, prosthetics and and the makeup that they do in Hollywood is top notch. He doesn't have to do this. I don't know if he's doing if he did it or not. I don't know, but if he did, like he could have just put it, you know, put a fat suit on or whatever. But anyway, that being said, this you know, the the movie itself is just another typical liberal caricature of Republicans disguised as truth and. Highlighting every negative aspect about Dick Cheney, which I'm pretty sure they're awesome, but they're going to focus on all of that and um, just make sure everyone knows how evil and despicable Dick Cheney is. I'm pretty sure. I mean, well, for one, because you have Adam McKay is the director and he is one of them, one of the most, I guess, outspoken and pretty much vicious um uh, leftists out there in, in Hollywood, so I'm pretty sure this movie is going to be like straight down the middle, fair and very unbiased. I mean, coming from Adam McKay, who basically hates Republicans and <laughs> especially conservatives, but it, it doesn't matter to him. It doesn't matter to any of these, you know, liberals. They don't. They don't care about whether someone's a conservative or a Republican. Just to, just being a Republican is enough for them to hate them. You know, they, they hate, <laughs> they hate Republicans. So I know a lot of times we tend to get kind of, um, go back and forth as conservatives and say like, well, not all Republicans are conservatives. I'm like, in, in their eyes, they can care less. <laughs> it's all Republicans equals evil in their eyes. That's it. Doesn't matter if there are the most rhino of Republicans out there or the most conservative. So, but, um, one thing I was thinking about is that it would be kind of funny if if uh, McKay turns out Gordon Gecko, <laughs> Geckoing, I guess, uh, Dick Cheney in a way. If you don't know what that means, um, the movie Wall Street, where Gordon Gecko was basically looked at as a hero <laughs> in a way um, out of that movie. But I don't think that's going to happen. Cause I mean, cause in Wall Street he was supposed to be, you know, viewed as the villain. I mean, Oliver Stone he the, he's the one who directed the Wall Street and he hates capitalism and he made Gordon Gecko look, look like this ultra capitalist and 
from that he was actually there was <laughs> he was looked at positively um because of that and <laughs> to the dismay of Oliver Stone and I feel like McKay might turn around and do do this to Dick Cheney where people might watch this and think um actually actually turn out liking Dick Cheney more <laughs> because of because of this but I I don't think so I I think Adam McKay is going to make sure that Dick Cheney is as reprehensible as possible so you will not think that he i don't know i i don't know maybe he have him kicking puppies or something i don't i don't know but um yeah he's gonna he's gonna make him look as bad as bad as possible and then also you know the critics are gonna say oh what a great film what a what a movie what a what a commentary on speaking truth to power Adam McKay has done in, in this this great movie. Let's get it 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's give it an Oscar or whatever. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, that's pretty much going to happen. So, now, um, speaking of movies, so this, well, this weekend, the movie Venom comes out, which is, if you don't know, and if you don't know, how dare you not know? But um, but Venom is basically, in my opinion, I think he, he is the arch nemesis. Well, uh, well, I don't want to get all nerdy on you, but okay. But um, the arch nemesis of Spider-Man, yeah, it's either him or um, Doc Doctor Octopus. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I'm no. No, Brian, don't don't go down it. I, I feel myself about to go down that trail and want to start talking about Spider Man. No, no, okay, look, yeah, um, yeah, Venom. <laughs> so, so they're making a movie just about Venom, and uh, I, I don't know. I haven't seen the film. Uh, apparently, Spider Man is not in it at all. I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe he has a cameo. I don't know. But uh, it's not looking good. So those same critics I was talking about in in Rotten Tomatoes, giving you know that movie Vice. A hundred percent. Um, right now it's like they giving this thing like a twenty. Like they they giving it a F. They they think it's horrible. I saw one one review talking about it's like Catwoman bad. And if you don't know about Catwoman, don't worry about it. You ain't miss nothing. And I mean, the only people who like Catwoman is my dad. And if my and mom, if you listen to this, and dad, if you listen to this, yes, that's true. You are the only one who likes Catwoman. And, and um but yeah but it yeah i don't know i'm pretty sure i'll probably turn out watching it catching it sometime this weekend um well it depends i mean i also gotta i want to watch ufc um uh, t- uh on saturday so i don't know maybe maybe i get around to it this week but you know another thing i was thinking about i feel like i, I think there are like two reasons why this why the the critics are not really in love with this film. And I think when it came out that the movie was going to be PG 13, I think that left a sour taste in a lot of people (laughs) in a lot of people's mind to where um, they, you know, Oh, well, it's just another superhero movie, even though it's about a villain. And actually I kind of understand that because for the longest time it was saying that this movie movie was going to be a uh, rated R and actually I, I could understand that. I mean, he is a villain after all. So I wouldn't be surprised that it would be an R rated movie. Uh, the, 
upcoming Joker movie with uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is uh, next year. I'm pretty sure that's going to be. I guarantee that. If I can guarantee anything, the Joker movie that comes out next year with Joaquin Phoenix is going to be an R-rated, R-rated movie. I'm, I can 100% guarantee not only the fact that because he is a villain, but also because of people who are behind it. Because Martin Scorsese is producing. And if you don't know who Martin Scorsese is, I mean... I don't, can't do nothing for you. The guy, I mean, um, I mean, as far as, um, I won't say the Godfather, but, um, about like Casino, The Departed. And I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. Wolf Wall Street. Yeah. I mean, F words abound. <laughs> it's <laughs> when it comes to Martin Scorsese. So, um, and not only him and then the director is Todd Phillips, who also did all, uh, the hangover movies so all the debauchery of the of the hangover so you got those two together so like i said i'm 100 i'm 100 that it's going to be uh a r-rated film and but yeah so back to venom i i think the fact that it wasn't a r-rated film kind of uh kind of upset some people because they wanted they wanted more gore they wanted to be you know i guess in their eyes like they want things to be more realistic so the, the more profane and vulgar or something is it tends, tends to um tends to be considered more real or whatever and um and but obviously that's not going to have it have this because it's a pg pg-13 um film so you have that and also i kind of feel like kind of feel like people are just kind of wanting to just trash anything that's not marvel in a way i i mean that's just speculation but i feel like whether it's dc or and even though this is a marvel character but it's done by sony and but so it's not actually done by marvel studios and i feel like everyone's just like enamored with with marvel studios and rightfully so don't get me wrong look i did three episodes about you know the avengers <laughs> so yeah i you know i love what marvel studios is doing can't wait to for avengers 4 can't wait to actually find out what the title is gonna be but anyway I, you know i like marvel studios too but i feel like people are kind of taking sides to where like if it's not marvel studios especially anything that have to do with any sort of superhero um nonsense you know they they're gonna trash it and like i said what is dc or anyone that even trying to do something that you know it, marvel has set, marvel studios has set such a high standard and I feel like people are just a lot of critics are just not even giving these other other films um, any any chance to succeed. And they're just like looking at it like they'll they'll watch it and like, nah, this ain't a Marvel, this ain't Marvel, and just and dismiss it. So you know, I think we, well, we're going to have another um, another superhero movie with DC's uh, Aquaman, which comes out in um, uh, December. So we'll see with with that even though it seems like they're kind of breaking away from all the dark, gloomy, <laughs> um, I guess, uh, setting that a lot of the DC films have been kind of like justice league and Batman versus Superman and man of steel, which films I liked, but, but they, they were darker looking, you know, of a darker look and Aquaman tends to be a little more brighter. So maybe that might help. And maybe that might, um, change the fortunes of DC and maybe, get some respect from the from the critics at least so that's that's what that's all i had on on that and right now we're gonna get to our interview with uh with ron right 
But first, let's hear a word from Politichips. And after that, right into our interview. Hello, this is Brian Bledsoe, host of Trend Chat. Also, contributor at Politichips.com. Here to tell you about the new book called Politichips, A Clearing Call to Political Activism. With over 300 pages from contributors like myself, talking about topics such as education, social issues, healthcare, the Second Amendment, and of course, activism. I encourage you all to check it out at Politichips.com and is also available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. This is Trend Chat. Hello, this is Trent Chat, and we are pleased to have Ron White with us. He is running for U.S. Congress in the 6th District in Texas. How you doing, Ron? Doing great, Brian. Thanks for having me on the program. So, well, one thing I'm, I'm particularly happy to speak with you because this is a race that is in the House, so I don't have to talk about anything that has to do with Judge Brett Kavanaugh because... <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can totally avoid that for this for a couple of minutes at least. But sure. I, I guess with the focus on the Kavanaugh, you know, drama in the Senate, one thing that kind of flew under the radar is a lot of spending. And in the past couple of weeks, there, like Congress has passed another huge spending bill. And the first question I want to ask is, that, what do you think of all this spending, and what do you plan to do when you get to Washington? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked that because it, that's an issue I'm, I'm very passionate about. I've talked a lot about it in the last several months. Um, you know, we've, we've done real well with the tax cuts and those kinds of things, but if we don't address the spending side of this, our country is in a lot of trouble. Uh, $21 trillion debt, um, $800 billion deficit for one year. Next year, it's going to be over a trillion. And even the most powerful economy in the world cannot sustain that kind of debt and those kind of deficits. And um, the interest on the debt is now about 6.8% of the total federal budget. Uh, Compare that with all the money we spend on foreign relations. That includes things like UN dues and and even some of the military stuff we do. And uh, all of our foreign relations budget is only 1% of the budget. So um, we've got to have the courage to stand up and say, we're going to start doing this right. We've got to go back to regular order. We have to go back to actually passing a budget, uh, which has been years since that happened. We've got to stop these ridiculous CRs, the continuing resolutions to keep the government running, and the the omnibus bills that are just huge, and nobody knows what's in them when they vote on it. Um, the way we fund the federal government is just insane, and it's got to stop. You know, and also, not only that the spending is the atrocious part of it, but also, on top of that, there are no conservative policies that are part of these bills because it just seems like it's just this huge spending bill going towards who knows what. Right. there. I, I think, uh, you know, Congress has kind of proven that it's incapable of governing itself when it comes to spending money. I, I believe we, we need to go back to trying to pass a balanced budget amendment with a tax limitation component. Um I believe that that uh, that is that's a viable alternative to what we're doing now. It's going to be hard to do, 
But the main thing, Brian, is we need to elect people that will go to Congress and will do the right thing. And we'll say, enough of this. We're going to do this right, or we're not going to do it at all. And go ahead. Oh, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Well, I just, I just think that that uh, a balanced budget amendment would work, and uh, it would force Congress to do its job and actually pass a budget, which it hasn't done in years. Uh, it would require anything that any money that is budgeted to go through an authorizing committee and be authorized, uh, so that you can't have these last-minute omnibus bills where people slip things in and, uh, you know, for their pet projects or whatever, and nobody knows what's in it. Uh, we've got to be more disciplined. And, and this is how, it doesn't seem to matter who's in charge. Um, Republicans, and I have to take my own party to task for this, uh, have been just like Democrats when it comes to passing these kinds of measures. We cannot afford to continue to pile up the debt. We need to be leaving our grandchildren opportunity, not more debt. And so we've got to get our act together and start uh, conducting business on the spending side that's responsible and disciplined. Otherwise, our grandchildren are going to have to face the bill for this. Yeah, and also speaking of children and also taking you know, the Republican Party to task, is another aspect of this is that it continues to fund Planned Parenthood as well. And, Which is an outrage. Yeah, and, and what I want to ask you is, so, I mean, what do we need to do? Because right now, I mean, Republicans are holding the majority in both houses as of right now. So, and but yet we're still funding Planned Parenthood. So, what what do we need to do to finally stop doing this and continue to fund uh, fund Planned Parenthood? You know, time and time again. Yeah, let, let let's first establish the fact that not every Republican is a conservative. True. Um, now, every Democrat is a liberal, but not every every, every uh, Republican is a conservative. And, um, but, but there is a majority of pro-life Republicans, and uh, we need to do what we say we're going to do. And the Republican Party has been promising this for years, that we're going to defund Planned Parenthood. The president's behind it. He's, he's all for defunding Planned Parenthood. Uh, one of the problems that we have, uh, quite frankly, is we can get things done. Um, we can get things done in the House and not be able to get it passed in the Senate. That's one of the problems. Um, but there is no justification whatsoever for American tax dollars going to the largest provider of abortions in the United States. There's no justification for that. When it comes to this particular bill, there's other things as well that are, are very troubling. But one thing I want to ask as well is, I know you have heard of the Freedom Caucus, especially down in Texas. You have the Texas House Freedom Caucus down in, um, right. down in Texas. So at the House Freedom Caucus up in D.C., um, do you, I guess, see yourself maybe joining them or, or at least? Uh, I, I do. I I do. I, in in D.C., uh, one has to be invited to join the Freedom Caucus. I believe I will be invited. Uh, right now, I'll tell you, I'm inclined to say yes, but before I make a final decision, I want to sit down with their leadership, uh, Mark Meadows, and uh, talk about tactics and things like that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a lot of the, the Freedom Caucus has, uh, I believe, earned a, uh, a reputation that's not deserved in terms of just being disruptive of the process. What they're doing is they're standing on principle. And they're, they're trying to do some of the things that I'm talking about is forcing the Congress to do the right thing when it comes to spending bills and those kinds of things. Um, but they're, they can be very confrontational with other members sometimes, and um, that makes people angry. But the, the Freedom Caucus, like any caucus, um, is, is a group of like-minded people that agree on an agenda for the country that they want to move forward. So um, I can tell you that philosophically I'm there. I'm absolutely there with the Freedom Caucus. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm pretty sure that they would uh, invite you and, and much-needed help up there as far as um, having more principled conservatives in D.C. Now, one thing I want to ask is, well, how's the campaign going so far? Well, it's going great. Um, uh, we, uh, we're still ahead in the polls and our, our front, we're still fundraising. We're doing all the things we need to do. We've got a great ground game. Um, we were walking and knocking on doors. Uh, we had 50, a team of 50 people out a weekend before last. And, and then, uh, we had a rainy weekend. We lost, but then we're, we were back at it this past weekend. And, um, you know, we're knocking on as many doors as we can. We're going to be calling people to remind uh, them to get to the polls. I've got a mail campaign that I'm going to start up. Uh, it'll start up right before early voting. Uh, people will start seeing my mailers again. And uh, that's going to help draw some distinctions between me and my opponent, who's who's very liberal and would be completely wrong for Texas and for, for the country. Um, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I, I'll tell you this, our polling uh, indicates, and this may be the only time in my life I ever get to say it, that, but I'm out polling Ted Cruz and the president uh, <laughs> right now. So <laughs> that may be the only time I ever get to say that. But uh, no, it, it's looking pretty good for us. We, uh, uh, we're not uh, on the hit list for the National Democrats, and it's still considered a, a safe Republican seat. Yeah. You know, one of the things is, you know, when it comes to campaign and uh, what it on social media and whatnot, they tend to use a, a lot of hashtags to try to, you know, try to get the word out. And I know one hashtag is like back to bow tie, which um, I saw. And one thing I want to ask you, like, like, what is the background behind the bow tie? I mean, there's some significance um, for it. Well, let, let me tell you what happened there. I, um, I've worn straight ties all my life. And seven years ago, my daughter got married. And I just decided on a whim that I was going to buy the bow tie that I had to tie myself, a real tie. And so um, I did. And a young man at uh, Joseph A. Banks taught me how to tie it. And so I did. And I tied it. And I wore it to the wedding. And then I wore it a couple of times at work. And, and then I didn't wear it again for a long time. And then my wife one day said, you know, I don't really like you in a bow tie. Well, that's all it took. I immediately <laughs> went down and bought six more bow ties and started wearing them every day. And the thing I like about a bow tie, uh, there's two things. One, it's kind of distinguishing because not a whole lot of people wear them. But the the other thing is uh, they never get in the way. 
Mm. And my straight tie was constantly in the way. I mean, I would dip it in coffee and all kinds of stuff. So, but um, but no, I, I really like the look of it, and and so it's kind of become a trademark for me. Um, and so when I decided to run for Congress, uh, that was one of the one way to distinguish me from the rest of the pack was I was the only guy wearing a bow tie. Hmm. Okay. It takes a bold it takes a bold man to wear one. Let me tell you. Especially if one has to know how to tie one. <laughs> Especially. That's right. That's right. I, I never wear a clip-on tie. So now, well, you have any uh, upcoming events? I have a couple in Arlington this week, fundraising events. Uh, I'm all over the district. Uh, last week I was uh, Monday night. I was in uh, Corsicana. Tuesday I was in Italy uh, for a function. Italy down in Ellis County. And by the way, there are no Italian restaurants in Italy. <laughs> uh, not one. There is a barbecue joint, but no no Italian restaurants. Um, and then I had uh, an event in Fort Worth. We're doing we're all over the district, and we're doing stuff in Dallas County, uh, in Navarro County, Navarro County, and as well as Tarrant. Sixty percent of the district is Tarrant County. That's the population base. About 30% of it is Ellis and 10% is Navarro, but they're all important. And uh, I want to win all three counties. Okay. Well, these are all the questions I have, but I, I want to give you the opportunity for anyone that may be listening that um, if you want to tell people more or something else and to let them, you know, give them my ideas why to vote for Ron Wright. Well, well thank you. I, and I appreciate that opportunity. I'd, you know, this, this campaign's about principally two things above all else, and that is protection of life and liberty, life from the moment of conception to natural death, and and liberty, uh, including religious liberty that seems to be under assault everywhere, um, because without liberty, we don't have a country. And um, I want to leave for my grandchildren uh, a country as great as the one I enjoy today. And I want to go. I'm not going to be there long. I've self-imposed in terms of term limits. Uh, I want to go up there, do the right thing, try and do some positive things for America, and and come home. Um, I'm by far the most experienced candidate. Um, I served eight years on the Arlington City Council. I've been the county tax assessor for seven and a half years. I was the district director, uh, director and then chief of staff for the current congressman. So I have district experience and Washington, D.C. experience that's uh, very hard to come by. So I can hit the ground running in January. And I really uh, ask for everyone's vote, everyone's consideration. We need to keep a Republican majority because if, if we lose the House, the agenda stops. The Trump agenda stops. The regulatory reforms stop. All the good things he's doing in terms of national security and foreign policy stop. Uh, and the Democrats, if they win control, will go right into impeachment hearings, and that will just be horrible for this country. So um, I hope everybody votes Republican all the way down the ballot. Uh, this will be the last year in Texas where you can vote straight party. And I think it's very important to get as many people out to vote as possible. But I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on your show, Brian. Well, you know what? I'm sold. And, I'm, just, you know, I've looked through the endorsements. You're, 
you endorsed by Texas Right to Life, Texans for Fiscal Responsibility, Senator Connie Burden, and I mean, and it goes and on and on. And as precinct chair of 2553 in Arlington, Texas, I give my formal endorsement to Ron Wright for hey, Congress. Well, God bless you. God bless you. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. So how can people get in touch with you, whether through website and social media? Yeah, we have a website, right, right for Congress. Um, and then uh, our email is uh, Ron number four Congress at gmail.com. And uh, would love to hear from people. Uh, would love everybody's uh, support. We're looking for, uh, obviously, donations. Everybody wants that. And uh, uh, as well as volunteers. And um Again, thank you for having me on the program. I'm real accessible, very easy to get a hold of. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks a lot, Brian. Yeah, man, thanks to Ron for joining us. And, well, we're almost at the end. I do want to mention before we before we finish that, you know, UFC 229 coming up. Khalid, I'm not even going to try to say his last name, and Conor McGregor. And, um, you know, I'll... I guess I'm just going to mention about the last one. I think Kaleeb is going to win. Um, I, and if I was going to pick how, I think he's going to win by submission. Um, now, that's, I think that's what's going to happen. Now, I think maybe Connor may knock him out. But, yeah, that's my pick. My pick is Kaleeb by submission. And he's going to, you know, retain, his, retain the championship. So. so, I appreciate everyone listening next week actually i can mention it right now next week is basically going to be kind of like a, a gosnell week so the premiere of the gosnell movie is is on, on october 12th and we're going to have alfonso rachel who played in the movie and also emily cook as well is going to be on all next week so tuesday thursday we're going to have those two guests on and i hope y'all come back to listen and until next week, we'll chat with you later. Do you wonder where your food comes from? More and more people do. America's corn farmers work hard every day to grow a crop that you can be proud to serve your family. And they're doing it with an eye towards sustainability, caring for water, air, soil, and resources that fuel healthy families and more sustainable products. Take a look to find out how farmers in rural America work to make life better for all of us, from cities to their rural communities. Learn more at ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long term. 
Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700.